0: Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Kirsten Diprose. Hello, Kirsten. Hi, Katrina. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. It's so lovely. Uh, Kirsten and I actually sort of first came across each other at a women's event in Dunkeld about, gosh, it must be about three years ago now, probably. Yeah, uh, with, with all that COVID just seems to have been this little sap of time, doesn't it? But it's probably three years ago now. It was and when it was. Hayley- it was well before COVID. Yes, exactly. And Haley Dawson actually organised it. I've had I've had Haley on the podcast before, uh, the rural naturopath. She organised this lovely event, and Kirsten and I were both speakers. So, I have heard a little bit, bit about her journey from there, and have followed her a bit. And it, I thought it'd be a great story to share because, as you'll hear, Kirsten moved. You know, worked for the ABC and moved from the city for love. Ended up living in fairly remote rural Australia, as so many women do, Uh, and we'll hear about how she's experienced that and what she's done since then. And recently has also started a podcast called Ducks on the Pond with Jackie Elliott, who I've also had on the podcast before. How lovely that all these connections of women have been on here. I love that so much. So I'm really looking forward to hearing, you know, how that got going and how that started, and we'll, we'll dive into all of that. But if you could start by just telling us, how you got to be, where you are now, living where you are in rural Australia. And you can start on the journey of that wherever you like, but, you know, how you got to be where you are now.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about this a while ago. So obviously I, I married a farmer and that's probably the pinnacle uh, moment of how I got to be in um, rural Australia in Victoria, in southwest um, Southwest Victoria. Um, and I'm sort of halfway between Hamilton and Warrnambool. Um, but I, I always sort of think, you know, the, the steps that that have taken you to that point I met my husband in Melbourne um, so I like to joke that it really wasn't my fault that I uh, ended up on a farm I wasn't uh, I was on farmers farmer once a wife and I wasn't doing a story about a farmer at the time that's the, the sort of two misconceptions uh, I was I was in a bar I mean that's how you used to make people um <laughs> is it Tinder? Yeah, Tinder. No, it's a it's another world to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all that sort of stuff was just coming through. But, you know, back in the day, it was just a bar in Melbourne. And little did I know that um, I would end up um, in a place called Karamet. And when he, uh, when I met him, he said, I said, oh, you know, where, where do you live? And he's like, oh, Karamit, as if I would know where that is. I said, oh, oh what's, where's Where's that? And he said, oh, it's um, near Dunkeld. And I'm like, where's that? <laughs> uh, near Hamilton? I'm like, oh, yep, heard of that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I was living in Melbourne at the time. I'm from Sydney originally, um, got a cadetship with the ABC, and that which moved me to Melbourne um, because there's sort of like a pool of people and they put one per state, one per cadet per state. So I moved to Melbourne. Um, for a one-year cadetship thinking, you know, I'd be back to Sydney in about a year or so. But then I did uh, a year in the country. They like to send you to a regional place. Uh, So I went to Bendigo, which was great and learned a lot there. And then I got a job back in Melbourne. Um, I think just having connections there made it easier. And then I just really started to enjoy Melbourne. So I was not in a rush to get back to Sydney. Happily in Melbourne, lived there for eight years. And, yeah, I met my husband and then moved further away from Sydney, much to my mother's dismay. (laughs) And now I'm on a sheep and cropping farm. We've got some cattle as well. Uh, And then a year ago we actually bought a dairy as well and we have a couple of dairies now that um, we're running further south from us. So it's um, busy times.
0: Yeah, I bet that's really busy. That sounds like a lot. Um, So tell us about the transition from, you know, falling in love and then, you know, realising that, okay, this is really serious and I'm, I'm going to have to move to the country. And, and did that actually mean giving up your career or how did you transition that?
1: Yeah, I took a really long time to transition my career. I didn't take a long time to marry my husband. Um, we were only going out for 18 months, which is, I suppose, in these days, quite, um, quite a short <laughs> courtship, <laughs> if you like. Um, but... Well, I, I guess I, I wanted to keep my career. I was always quite clear about that with with my husband, and and he was fine with that. Um, you know, he works a lot as a farmer, and I really like my job too. So I thought this is great. We both like to work. Um, what a what a great uh, partnership we can just both spend a lot of time working. Um, and I, and I think the reality of it though is I knew that my career would have to change. You know, I was working in, in TV news reporting in Melbourne and. Trying to continue that job living three hours away from Melbourne is a bit impossible. Um, But I just took it one step at a time. I didn't try and plan it all out because you can't plan it all out. I knew that I wanted to have kids and you don't know when that's going to happen. So we got married and I was still working in Melbourne and then I actually fell pregnant quite quickly. Sort of we didn't mean to. We are going to have kids, but I fell pregnant quite soon after. So that kind of solved that issue. Um, I stayed working in in Melbourne and finished my time up. then I was on maternity leave. and then I went back to my job in Melbourne just two days a week. and I used to sleep over in Melbourne one night a week, um, when my eldest was, I think, fourteen months, I went back. And um, and that was that was good for a while. and then I fell pregnant again and and yeah, had another baby. And then by then, um I think I went back from to Melbourne for a little bit but it was just getting too much um in fact when I was I remember driving to Melbourne I used to get up at 5am so that I could get to work by nine you know by the time you park and you never know what you're going to get when you hit the Westgate Bridge um so I used I remember having to pull over and and have these naps um, on the way to work because I was worried that I was fatigued. And then I realised, uh, it turns out I was pregnant, so that's <laughs> that's why. Um, and I just thought, like, this is not sustainable um, really in the long term. So I, then I got a job in Ballarat, which was only an hour and a half away from, <laughs> from where I lived um, at the ABC producing radio and, and presenting radio, which I really loved, and I did that for a couple of years. Um, And then it just sort of switched again when my kids started to get to school age that I thought, okay, this is getting a bit tricky with the three days. I was working three days in Ballarat, um, not sustainable in that my kids really just needed to come home and relax, you know, after they come from school, particularly when they're in kinder or or prep. Um, I feel like every state's got a different name for it, but Around age four, five, six, um, and you bring them home, you just really need to kind of like just give them some space. Do you need some food? Go have a lie down. You know, they're exhausted. And so I really wanted to be there for that. So that job sort of wasn't going to work um, for, for that reason. Um, yeah. And so I, I did a bit of study as well. I did my honors, used my long service leave to do that. Been working for Deakin Uni, and now I work for an ag tech. Do, um, company doing uh podcasts for them like producing their podcasts so yeah ah. it's, um, it's all sort of changed um but yeah look I was very much when I guess when when I started started out i was I was still very much on this trajectory of like I want to be an abc journalist you know maybe one day I'll be you know I'll be reporting for the 730 report or you know maybe I'll be a foreign correspondent like I honestly had a conversation with my husband before we were married about like what would happen if, in ten years from now, I got a job, you know, a posting in um, in another country, country? What if I was the Southeast Asia correspondent? What would we do? And he sort of said, "Oh, look, we could get a farm manager on, and you know, I could fly back." And and so he was open to that, which mm-hmm. which made it a lot easier for me. Um, but then, of course, I had kids, and the reality of where I live now, and I don't actually want to do that. I, I I like being grounded with with kids like that's just me um you know I I I wouldn't want to be a foreign correspondent with kids and trying to manage that I just some some women do and they do a great job of it but that's not for me but I think it's you know get to get back to your original point about the transition I think the key is taking it one step at a time like not sort of having everything set in stone because life doesn't work like that you have to kind of Mm -hmm. dip your toe in see what you like and then go with that. And now I'm finding that I'm really enjoying agriculture and farming a lot more than when I first did. I almost was like clinging on to the ABC like a blanket because it's what I knew. And I enjoyed it. And I'm glad I did. Um, and and it, it gave me this connection to the to my old world and old life where I felt good at something and I was capable. Because you know, you step on into the sheepyards and you know, I was useless. I mean, I still am. <laughs> I, I don't get in there en- enough to be really great at it. Um, you know, so I, I was like, oh, I can just run back and do the thing that I'm really good at and be around those people I knew. But, um, you know, now there's this sort of transition and I'm getting more involved in in doing the book work, which I quite quite enjoy and, and my husband hates it. So that's great because I'm quite happy to do it. Um, and we farm with with our, my in-laws as well. So my husband's dad does um the majority of of the book work, and he's he's teaching me how to do things, which is really good as well. um and that's not something I, I guess i didn't um didn't expect that I would enjoy. I mean, you don't do a journalism degree thinking that you'd you'd be a a bookkeeper, but I think when it's your own business, there's a lot more interest uh, about it,
0: yeah, that's interesting. I'm really interested in the fact that you have managed to find joy in what you're doing and the other things that you've done to kind of also probably um, sort of align with the values that you've got, like creating the blog and the podcast, which we'll get to. But I think from what I see, a lot of women who've had a similar path to you, they can get to this point and actually feel really lost and unfulfilled. And like, I gave everything up and, you know, I had the kids now I'm here, I'm stuck, I can't, I can't find that fulfilment in what I'm doing now. Like actually I don't really like doing the books at all but I'm doing it because I have to and maybe I'm working part-time just to pay the bills because the farm doesn't cover it and it's it's much more of a like a they're more lost and unfulfilled. So I'm interested in how you've managed to actually, because, you know, giving up a career in the ABC and wanting to be a foreign correspondent is, you know, that's a real career path, isn't it? You know, and that's awesome but how beautiful that you've managed to find fulfillment in what you're doing and you are able to be present in this and still enjoy it. Like, I, I think that's fantastic. So, has starting the blog and the podcast really contributed to that, do you think, for you? Yeah, it, it definitely has because
1: it it's a way to kind of use my skills and, and what I love doing in mm-hmm. a way to explore agriculture and in particular, um, the lives of rural women, which, you know, it's it's kind of the lens through which I see it because that's been my experiences coming to the farm. And, you know, so initially I wrote this blog. Um, it was called Farm Wife Hacks, but then I was worried that people weren't going to get the joke. So I changed it to Impossible <laughs> Farm Her. Um, and I've been, I haven't been doing the blog as much because I've been focusing on the podcast, but the blog was actually more of a kind of satirical thing. It was just to try and make people laugh about... Um, things that farmers say, like males um, say to you and they, you know, they they think it's normal. Like there are just so many things that people who are born and bred in the country think is just like normal in every day that if you're actually not from here, you're like, what, you know? So just sort of making fun of the, you know, you, um, you know, come out on the farm, it's going to take 30 minutes. And, you know, that, what that really means, that means, Come out in the farm because I need some help. It's likely to take three hours, but I'm not going to tell you. You know, that's that's <laughs> what it means. Like kind of just just having a bit of a bit of fun, um, you know, because I enjoy enjoy writing. And I guess without really thinking about it, um, it's it's been a way for me to kind of find new ways of of moving my career um, the the way that I I, I want to um, mm-hmm. in, into agriculture into. Um, regional towns, um, yeah, without losing kind of the essence of of me and and, and it's funny like you mentioned, I, like I guess identity and women feeling lost when they've like left a career and, and almost feeling resentment, mm-hmm. which I can totally understand, um, especially if things in the farming front aren't working out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, touch wood, everything's going fairly well on the farm, like. But I've, I've yeah, I reckon that'd be really hard pill to swallow if the farm was really struggling and you'd left this great corporate career um, and that door seemed very much closed, I think that would be really, really hard to handle. Um, but I've sort of never felt like that because I sort of straddled the two worlds until I can kind of, you know, step more into, into the other. But I, I also kind of had a bit of reflection about, you know, my career and the fact that I think I, think I tied too much of my identity to it for a long time. You know, like mm-hmm. I really, and I think a lot of mm-hmm. people in their twenties do that. Like you, you, you kind of, I, I was, you know, really driven person and wanted to go do well at school. I wanted to work at the ABC. I knew that from when I was at university. I applied for this cadetship and I, you know, amazingly got it. And then, you know, so I was kind of like, "Yep, I'm living the the dream. I'm doing the plan." You know, and then I met a farmer, and the plan goes out the window somewhat. I mean, it didn't happen. Didn't all get thrown out the window? So I straddled these two worlds. Um, and and then you sort of get to your sort of late 20s or 30s. I don't know when it happens for women, but I reckon it happens when you kind of go, well, like life's not all about a career. I probably want to like I actually wouldn't mind a family too. And and I would like to have a significant other. I don't want to be married to my job, you know, when at, at any work. I mean, look, I, I was very happy at the ABC. It's a great place to work, you know, and I still I still work for them casually. But you know, if you work for an organization, it's they're not going to be taking care of you when you're sick. They're not loving you like you're you're a, a number and you you do your job and you earn a wage mm. yeah. I, it took me a long time to realize that
0: <laughs> yes yes absolutely but what a nice reflection to have had in a lot of ways and it's sort of actually learning to go okay well what I've got now is actually really good and yeah like changing that identity or letting letting go of that identity of who you were in that role and realizing that life's more than just your identity in this role and I think that's yeah so so important and so what about then, because I really think that what I'm saying is that you found this way too, like obviously you have shifted into, you found ways to shift and transition and and still use your skills and, and find that fulfillment in the work that you're doing now. And the blog was a good way of doing that. And now you're starting this podcast, which I'd love to hear about. And, you know, it, I, I imagine that has been quite helpful in, yeah, just keeping that keeping that sort of creativity alive and stuff as well and that connection and and doing things that really you know that bring that joy into your life as well that light you up you seem to have managed that really well i, I I'm, from what I'm hearing but tell me about the podcast it's all smoke and mirrors there's a lot of creative oh, stop <laughs> it <laughs> especially for well, moment. I'm
1: going to ask you if you've got any well-being practices in a minute. So wait for that one. <laughs> um, you know, I do like to, to work. Um, and so therefore <laughs> trying to not work too much is the problem. Like I, I keep yeah. sort of having to prioritize things and go, you know what, I, I can't do it all. Um, <laughs> and especially when, uh, you know, I'm in Victoria, so we're in our fifth lockdown right now. So I'm Ooh. homeschooling the kids. So that's just like this this spanner that just gets thrown in. It's like, in Victoria, it feels like every few months um, you just get thrown this kind of thing where you suddenly your workload doubles. I mean, that's the reality for women. Mm. Uh, it is usually the women who are doing it. It's like suddenly, boom, and you just have to make it work. Um, and that's not to say I'm against the lockdowns. Not at all. It's just um, perhaps I'm uh- against. Um, yeah it's hard and I'm making a comment I guess yeah. more that it seems to fall to the the woman more so than anyone else in these scenarios um but sorry what was your question it was about um oh, handling the it podcast all. tell us about oh, the, the podcast. podcast
0: yes I want to tell you about <laughs> <Yes>. this <podcast. laughs> um look and we'll get on to handling it <laughs>
1: I uh, definitely want to tell you about the podcast it's called Ducks on the Pond and it is something I've been wanting to create for ages well for a, probably a couple of years and then lockdown was um yeah it happened last year and, and it was just a, a personally a difficult year for for, my, for me with with um my my families and my my parents but um it um is basically like a how to um for rural women like I I wanted to create something that was useful for us so um, you know I just find I listen to a lot of podcasts and I love listening to ones you know that have advice about business or like marketing or whatever the interest in is I know people like to listen to podcasts about health and but I just find that so many things aren't relevant to to us, like just the logistics, you know, you hear or you read about, um, you know, how can I fit fitness into my life as if like going to the gym at 6.30 is feasible for you when you live um, you know, an hour out of town and you've got to get kids ready for school um, and you also work off farm and you sort of know that your husband's might be needing to call you at any moment just to help him out with stuff. And you, you don't know when the truck's arriving because it could be, could be 7am, it could be 7pm. Um, you know, like it's just, there are just so many things that just happen for us that are just so different that I was like, I want to get here advice from rural women who have lived it, who have done it, who have some solutions for it. Um, So that's, that's what it's about. And the, the last one that we did was with Kathy McGowan, which was really, um, Interesting. And we're doing a, a thing about finding a mentor. And she has got some great practical advice. And um she's uh from the northeast of Victoria. She was the member for Indi, the federal member, sort of famous. She's got she's gone down in political history essentially for mm. being the first independent, um, basically, you know, kicking the, the liberals and the nationals who'd held that seat, I think, for 74 years. Um, out um, and, and and making it to Canberra. And she did it through community and just being involved in her community and the broader agriculture community rather than sort of, um, you know, the, the political party system. And she kind of talks about how to, how you could possibly do that, and, and not just in terms of politics, but, but if it's, you know, involvement in, in something else like a, an organisation that you're interested in. So she gives some really good practical advice, um, you know, and we've also had chats about identity, about whether you call yourself a farmer or not. Um, and some someone about um about business as well. Um, we'll have more on business because I think there are a lot of people who are a lot of women who are making side hustles and um creating you know I, I it's called passion projects side hustles and big business because some women it's become big business like they started with a side hustle and then it sort of grew and then they thought you know what i'm just going to i'm going to do this i'm going to get rid of that little job or you know and just focus 100% and they've they've turned some some little ideas into into big 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 deals hmm.
0: Which we love. I love that. I absolutely just love watching women do that sort of thing It just, you know, especially with the online opportunities, you know, because what I see too is that your wellbeing and your sense of self and your purpose and the impact that you want to make in the world and stuff is so tied up into the work that you do and this beautiful ability now to create these online businesses is so wonderful for women in terms of, you know, financial freedom and impact and all these things. And it's so awesome that we've now got this ability from anywhere in the world, you know, and especially for rural women who... You know, otherwise might not have had these opportunities to run their own businesses. Now can can do it. It's yeah, it's just so so cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, like fact, that we can just make podcasts by you know oh, chatting over Zoom exactly. and then popping it together using some really easy to use software online. Um, it's just yeah, it's just opened up the world to 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 everyone, um, and it doesn't matter where you live now. And that's kind of what I keep saying to to women but also to the world is it doesn't matter where you live if you get pushback because you're not in a city um mm. and and I wrote an article about this last year about geographical narcissism and it's this kind of pushback that it, it can be quite subtle sometimes mm-hmm. that like that you've never made it because you're not you know you' mm. you're not working in Sydney you're not working in Melbourne. Um, And I even found I was guilty of kind of referring to my Melbourne career and my Sydney um, career as if it was somehow better when I know that I've done Mm. my best work in the country. Like that's, as a journalist, like that's where I actually built good relationships and broke stories because, uh, you know, that's (laughs) like it had nothing to do with where I was living. Um, Mm. And I know like I spoke to lots of people, like teachers, people in the health profession, they all got it, this kind of like, oh, so you've never you've never gone to Melbourne or why did you move back to, you know, Mm. Why did you move back to like as if you're lesser than? And that's not the case. You talk to anyone in the country, no matter what the career is, and you have to do 10 times more often than what you do in the city because you're it, right? You know, you you talk about like a rural doctor is like everything for their town. They (laughs) are, (laughs) you know, (laughs) They're dealing with scratches and then they're like diagnosing major, you know, major issues. They're on call, they're doing emergency, you know, like that's not a, that's, that's not a job you want a 20 year old intern to be doing. Like that's serious work. Mm. And I don't think we recognize that, but that's my rant.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that rant. I was right there with you. It was very good. Cause I completely agree. And especially you know, especially coming out of COVID, we've learned that you actually really can work from anywhere and do the jobs from anywhere. And I think we need to celebrate that more. And we need to, you know, show women what's possible more. So that's so beautiful. This podcast that you're doing, hopefully, is exactly what you're aiming for. And it will show women what's possible and it's possible for them too.
1: And and it also means so not not just being able to create a business on your own or a side hustle, which is great, but you should be able to be a a senior member of a company. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. You should be able to um, have some of those higher up professional headquarters type positions, even if your headquarters is in the city, when everything's over Zoom. And yes, there's probably some commitment you need to to make that you will physically come in and and have that, you know, um, connection with the team. But I think now that we've had this experience of COVID and, and everyone kind of having to work out their jobs over Zoom, they kind of realise, oh, yeah, we we do like, you know, face-to-face interaction is important, but do we need it every day? And for a lot of jobs, no. Like, obviously, if you're the floor manager of, <laughs> of a construction site, you need to be there. But for all of those other jobs, like, why can't you live in the country and um, be the VP of product at some, you know, head agricultural company? Why not? Mm. I mean, it's ridiculous that you have to move to the city when the, especially mm. when the jobs in agriculture. That's what drives me nuts. I'm like, God, mm. we're talking about agriculture. Let's have people living in the country.
0: Yes. Hallelujah. And say for board positions and everything like that, too. I'm actually going to have Georgie Somerset on the podcast and she's on the board of the ABC. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'll be listening to that one. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, like we have I've been following her for years and she's, you know, I think she, I don't know where she lives, somewhere in northern New South Wales, you know, remote or remote Queensland somewhere on a farm, you know, and I'm like that's a thing and you need that. It's its the diversity and the diversity of perspectives then as well, isn't it, and especially for women too to have this option, more so than men if anything, like because you know, like what you were talking about, we're more often the ones that have to stay at home um, and responsible for, you know, the majority of the mental load stuff. So if we've got this ability to do stuff from home, it just makes it so much better and so much more accessible for us. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. So um, I love that you're sharing that on in the podcast and sharing those stories. That's fantastic. And, and, and yeah, making it about and, you know, specific for rural women because there are definitely differences for sure. So, The last thing I just want to ask you about is how do you juggle it all? Like, you know, that there's a lot going on. Have you got any tools in place or do you just uh, fly by the seat of your pants? (laughs) I'm (laughs) always interested.
1: (laughs) I feel like the podcast, sorry, I feel like this interview has been going really well until this point. Um, (laughs) I I can probably do a lot better at at wellness. I remember... um, when when I saw you speak and met you for the first time at at that event, you you gave these great tips about wellness and and like writing it down in a journal. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do that. And you know, I did it for the first week. I think I even let you know. I think I like pinged you on Instagram. It's like I did my wellness thing, and then I think I I did it the the next week, but I was a bit late to it, and then gone by the third week. I didn't do my little five minute meditation or my little ten minute yoga. I sort of dip in and out. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be really good for a bit and I'll, like, do yoga for a few months or Pilates and then I won't do anything and I'll be like, gosh, I've got to do something. I'll try and go for a walk here and there. And I think no, I've, got to, I've got to do something. <laughs> uh, at the moment I'm I'm doing Taekwondo, um, because, yeah, with, with my kids um, because it's the Ooh. only thing that I could fit into my life. So when we're not in lockdown, um, so they I take them on Saturdays um, because I can't take them to their individual lessons because one's on a Monday, one's on a Tuesday with the age split and I'm not going into town and I already go into town for swimming on a Thursday. So I'm not going in three times a week. I'm going in two times a week. Um, so yeah. So, <laughs> so now I go in on a Saturday morning and they have, and, and then I thought, why don't I just do it too? Like the, there's like the little Lee's class for my youngest and the sort of mid-class. And then <laughs> they have an adult class, but it's at 6pm on a, you know, Monday or whatever, but I I can't do that. I can't get finished work, get dinner on the table and like do that and get kids into bed and can't logistically impossible. So I go into Taekwondo. I do it with the older kids ranging from about age 10 (laughs) to about 15. And me. I love it. Have fun. And I'm a white belt, so I'm completely useless. And I, but it's fun. Um, and it's just, it just, I think I like it because I used to dance, and so it's just following a routine for me um, that I like. And it's that mental focus on doing a task that means you're not thinking about all the other things in your head. You're just thinking about Mm -hmm. how your body's moving, about following the direction. To yep, okay, this is how I've got to do it. Learning the technique, it engages my brain as well as my body. I can't run; like I just can't go for a run. I just find I envy anyone who does run. I I find it so boring um, mm. that I can't do it. I'll go for a walk, and I usually like call my mom or you know have a chat with someone if I if I'm doing that. But that's I, I guess that's what I I try and do that. But I would I could be more disciplined. I need to. You, you tell me how. <laughs> i don't really do anything i don't know i've just and it's just everything kind of comes it comes at once but i just kind of take it one step at a a time i suppose as well um i'm juggling a lot at the same time Uh, Yeah, but it's
0: interesting uh, you know what you said there oh sorry you were still going
1: uh just that you know i i live by my phone calendar every day i look at it look at it for the next day. and the next few days, what do I have on? What do I have on? Okay, this is what I need to do this week. Um, You know, because I have multiple jobs and also my kids have their lives that I'm kind of managing and then the farm stuff. So I've got all like, this is due then, this is due then. Um, And that every week I think, okay, what what have I got on? How am I going to juggle it? When do I need to get it done by? Um, And that's Mm. how I juggle the multiple sort of deadlines. Um, In in some ways I, I miss... That, you know, when, when I, before kids and I just had a job, like I just went to work five days a week and, and it was all there. Um, but now it's not all there. I have to really be on top of like where I need to be when and, and the preparation for it. And it is really overwhelming sometimes. And sometimes I'm up till 1am finishing off. You know, some work because by the time I get the kids, you know, dinner and kids, it's like I can only work until four o'clock, and then I got to get the kids home, and then you can't really achieve anything until they're in bed again, and then you've got to finish it off that night, uh, mm. and so I do that. I I probably work two to three nights a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing though.
0: Ah, well, you have just you got to make it work, <laughs> don't you? And that's what you're doing. But there is a couple of things there which you might not see as well-being practices but one thing you said is that you clearly have good boundaries around what you're prepared to do and what you're not prepared to do in terms of running the kids around which is so important just to say look I'm not going to go into town three times I'm doing this this is what I can manage that in itself is a well-being practice let me tell you because having good boundaries around what you're prepared to do is so so important and then also just being organized like it sounds like at the start of the week you know you're quite organized and you plan it out and you think about you know that those things in themselves are you know it's not the the yoga and the journaling and the meditation but there's certain things that we do every day like that like having clear boundaries that are really important for our well-being and, and being able to say no to things and prioritizing is a huge huge part of it that we don't talk about enough i think so i think you should give yourself some more credit
1: <laughs> thank you yes yeah, so i suppose i do do the prioritizing because otherwise it's got, it's very overwhelming if i think of all the things that i've got to do um it's never ending um you know especially with, with when you when you throw the book work in you know there's always mm. something to be paid and something to be um, put in into the computer but I just go no this is what I'm achieving this week and then and that's and then that's done um
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. I give like well, that, that's excellent. finished yeah yeah so so important to actually do that as well I think and finish one thing before you start another and all that kind of stuff yeah. so yeah yeah, it sounds like you're doing all right, don't worry. <laughs> 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 you're yeah, keeping it together. Oh uh, well, I think that's been so lovely. I've I've really enjoyed chatting today and hearing your story. And I think that'll be very relatable to so many of our listeners because yeah, so many women have experienced similar situations, and it's lovely to hear how you're managing it all. I'm very excited about the podcast. Everyone should go and listen to Ducks on a Pond. Um, Thank you. With and Jackie I mean, Elliott.
1: Yes, with Jackie Elliott, and it's, it's all being done in the lead up to Rural Women's Day, which is October 15, and um, yes. fingers crossed we can have an actual event where, you know, we can all get together and just have a nice day and, and learn about things. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're working towards something um COVID permitting it'll be a day but we'll, we'll work something out so that's the kind of um you know the, the reason behind it as well as well is is that lead up to rural women's day where we had that big big celebration of you know us awesome as in rural it. women not just like Jackie and I as in rural women <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and Jackie and the rest of us <laughs>
1: god that sounds terrible I love it <laughs>
0: No, not at all. Thank you so much for joining me, Kirsten. It's been so lovely and uh, I'll look forward to going and listening to all the episodes of Ducks on a Pond as well. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Bye.